20 by 14 Reflections on Studying Architecture Abroad The Podcast Introibo In this digitally virtual era, thanks to the smartphones that everywhere and all the time people hold in their hands, it is possible to brutalize physical distances and skip special barriers. The common idea of citizens of the world is being shaped, making people believe that they can move and adapt without limits and without any kind of emotional reaction, as if uneasy or nostalgia were obstacles to productivity and progress. At first, this may sound like a perfect condition. In truth, though, it is precisely those levels of discomfort that make a semester abroad an incredibly valuable experience. Unfortunately, Students often decide to spend a semester abroad as if they were only ticking a box in a form, just like one of the countless options offered by educational institutions competing to attract as many students as possible. Among American students today, a semester abroad seems to have become a must, mostly to boost one's own Instagram profile, rather than strengthening a serious academic CV. Being less motivated, resulting reduced awareness of what a 12-hour flight means and may lead to, both geographically and anthropologically. Today, more than ever, traveling abroad demands awareness about distances and constant effort to understand contexts. Study abroad is a training pit to face the challenges launched by this new world, where we will often be nomads, Sometime by choice, sometime by necessity. Sometime in business class, sometime inside a shipping container. Uh, the first guest that is sharing with us uh, a few minutes is uh, a very good friend of mine, Mike Crosby. Ciao, Mike. Mike, uh, Mike Crosby is uh, a professor of architecture at the architecture department of University of Hartford. He's a very sharp uh, architectural critic. He is an avid uh, reader. And uh, it's uh, incredibly important for me to have Mike here. The first reason why Mike is here is because uh, more or less one year ago, he has been the one of the first friends reading the manuscript of the book. He pushed me in uh, finding a way to publish it. Actually, my, I owe to Mike, the, the, he introduced me to Gordon Goff at Oro Edition, which is uh, the publisher who who published uh, the book, and I'm thankful uh, uh, to Mike uh, for this. To start, uh, of course, we are sharing also other things. As I said, uh, we, uh, he's, uh, he's an architect, but he's also a writer, and we share the passion for writing and for the act, the physical act of uh, writing. We are obsessed with the fountain pens, and <laughs> we discovered this after. Because the first time we met, in reality, we met thanks to a student. And this is the perk of being a, a member of the family of architectural education worldwide. A student uh, whose name is Kyla Verbisky, and I hope she's listening to us, because uh, if we are here speaking, it's thanks to, to her. Kyla, after her semester abroad with me, wrote me an email saying, uh, Frank, you should make my professor Mike Crosby, because I'm sure that uh, you guys have a lot of things to speak about because you think alike 
alike in many uh, fields uh, of architecture. Funny enough, two months after, uh, Mike was picking me at the airport of, uh, of Hartford, and, uh, and now we are here. So welcome, Mike, and thank you for being here with us and investing your time to share some thoughts about uh, education uh, abroad. Yeah, thank you. I'm very, very honored to be your first guest. <laughs> so, Mike, can you please uh, share with us uh, uh, your main being abroad experiences as a student, as an architect, as an educator, as an individual in general? Yeah, I wanted to start off by saying first that I think it's absolutely critical for architecture students or anyone uh, wishing to be an architecture, uh, an architect to uh, have the experience of travel. Because unlike many disciplines, many other disciplines where you could study economics, you don't have to go anywhere. You can study political science, you don't have to go anywhere. You can study uh, uh, history, you don't really have to go anywhere. Uh, you can't study architecture without going places. You have to go see the building. You have to go see the works. And that's very, very important. And um, <clears throat> It's not only important for architects, but it's also important just in terms of being a human being to, to travel. And um, the, the writer Mark Twain, who actually lived in Hartford for a number of years, uh, has a wonderful quote. He says that travel is the enemy of prejudice. You can't be a prejudicial person if you travel uh, because you're exposed to different kinds of people, uh, different kinds of places. And it's natural to just, it just opens you up. And if, if you are open to those experiences, you will stay open for the rest of your life, which is really, it, it has an indelible impact on you. Now, I grew up in a family in, uh, in New Jersey, uh, working class, my parents were working class people, they didn't travel. Um, but uh, the very first time I was outside of North America, was to uh, travel to uh, Italy uh, as an architecture student. And this changed my life. I can say that absolutely without any reservation. And I, I'm not saying it to, to say it over, to be overblown. It literally changed my life. The time that I spent, I spent the summer there. I spent uh, six weeks in, uh, in Italy and I spent six weeks in England. I was not the same person when I came back home. Uh, and it not only changed my perspective of what travel was, what architecture was, what beauty was, but it also changed my perception of what my home was like when I came back. I could not see my home in the same way anymore because of that, that experience. So I was traveling with, I was traveling with friends, and I remember we landed and uh, one of the first uh, trips out into the country we, that we took, uh, we were based in Rome. We went to Venice first. And I remember being in Venice and it was a, it was a late May evening. And I remember lying on my bed in the hotel room in the Albergo. Uh, in Venice, and I, just staring up at the ceiling, I wasn't even looking out a window, I was staring up at the ceiling, and I could hear these gondolas going by the, the window, right, in the water, I could hear the oars going into the water, and I could hear music, and I could hear people having dinner, and I could hear 
uh, people singing. And I remember that like it happened yesterday. And I remember lying on this bed thinking, oh my God, this is incredible. This is just an incredible, incredible experience. And it's, at Franco, as I'm telling you this story, I'm getting goosebumps on my arms, you know, because it <laughs> just, it's like it happened yesterday to me. <laughs> and it's just, it's, I, you know, it almost brings tears to my eyes to think about that experience because I knew right at that moment that I was a changed person, that there was something different about my life. And uh, it wasn't going to be the same if I had, uh, if I had not started traveling and, and, and seeing architecture firsthand, but not only just architecture, just being in cities and being with different kinds of people. It's so, so incredibly important. And, you know, I, and it's been that way for the rest of my life, you know, as a, as a teacher, as a writer, um, you know, uh, it's, it always, it's always broadening. It's always like, it's always like visiting a, a place and you always see it differently, no matter where you are in your, your, in your life, because, uh, when you're at there, it's like reading a book, right? It's like reading a great book. If you read a great book at different types of times of your life, you get so many, so many different things out of it because the person who is reading that book is different. You're different you know, you've changed. And it's just, it's the same way with traveling. This is really great uh, enough. But uh, in terms of uh, uh, academic uh, and, uh, and professional life as a writer, what role your experience abroad had, or at least what role they proved to have? Yeah, I remember an experience in Rome. Um, we, I, we had a we were there with some professors from my university, which was Catholic University in Washington, DC. And one of the professors uh, was named Dave Clark, is a real character. Um, and he was trying to get us out of our shells, right? And uh, what he would do is we had about a dozen students in Rome. Uh, every week he would take two students and he had a convertible Citroen, I think it was, or a Renault, I can't remember. But he would, he would had a, had a convertible and he would get, we would get in his car with him and he would drive us someplace, just go out into the country and we would go see things. And I remember I was with Dave and another student and we went to Villa Deste and walked around Villa Deste for hours. That was another time when we were, we get back in the car and we're driving back to Rome and, uh, I remember being in the car and, you know, uh, Dave Clark is like talking and talking and talking about what we had just seen and what it all meant and why, why it was built and, 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 and how it was used and, and the, the incredible beauty of the place. And I remember we drove past uh, the, uh, the big Victoria Emanuel monument. And Dave starts talking about, well, you know, this thing is, uh, you know, doesn't it look like a big cake? And he goes, uh, that's architecture is a big cake. It's a big, it's a big birthday cake for the country, right? This is the country's birthday cake, right? The, you know, I remember sitting in the back of this convertible with, while Dave was talking and I'm thinking, he's talking about architecture as life, as something that's so important to a people, to a culture, to history. And I, I had never had anyone really kind of talk about architecture that way to me. Uh, and it was all because I was traveling. Um, and that 
I remember that experience because it changed the way I, uh, it changed my love for architecture. It made it much deeper. Uh, and it's a love that's still there, you know, uh, 45 years later, you know, then that, that happened. Uh, but I can still remember these things like they happened yesterday because they had such an impression. And this is why people have to travel. This is why students have to travel. And even when you become an architect, you know, you're so, it's so uh, dangerous to kind of be kind of get set in your ways and think that you don't need to go leave your home and, and sort of see the way people live and the way and the, and, and the incredible beauty of, of many places. It's, it's just, it, you, you, you know, when you have these experiences, you just carry them with you for the rest of your life. And they, they inform what you do as an architect. They, they shape you, they shape you, they make you. Yes, I agree. And I thank you for remembering me, my responsibility when I deal with students in their semester abroad, because sometime it might become routine even for us educators abroad. But in reality, this is something that must be renewed every single semester, every single September, every single January, because maybe it can be routine for me, but I understand that it's not routine for the 12 or, or 18 students that are in front of me. And it is uh, really, really important. Mike, uh, uh, not to be uh, too serious, and since we are speaking of uh, memories, and uh, we are reminiscing moments uh, uh, abroad. And since uh, my one of my most important uh, uh, convention that I shared in the pages of the book is that to be abroad is about learning to be uncomfortable and getting the best by discomfort. Yeah. Uh, can you share with us, if you have any, uh, an episode of unexpected formative misunderstanding dealing with be abroad that in reality remain impressed in your background uh, deeply. I mean, one of those moments in which when you are experiencing, you would say, I don't want to be here, but maybe later yeah. you are thankful. Oh, thank God I, I passed those five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you about uh, an experience I had in London. We were studying at the AA in London uh, for six weeks when we were students. And I remember I worked on this project and uh, we had uh, final reviews for this project. And I remember getting up and putting my drawings up. Uh, this is when people actually used to draw with their hands. Uh, <laughs> and um, I remember presenting my project and Franco, it was the worst project review I had ever had in my life. They hated my project. They just totally decimated it and tore it to pieces. And I remember walking out of that studio, walking out onto the street, and I walked around London for maybe like three hours, three or four hours, just by myself. And I was having a crisis. I was having a crisis about whether I belonged in architecture. Now, can you imagine? Here I am, I'm traveling through Europe uh, and I am in love with the architecture I'm seeing. And I have just been told by a jury that my project was crap and not so many words, but it was, uh, that was the message, right? And I was having, I was having an existential crisis about what I was gonna do with the rest of my life because my grandfather had been an architectural draftsman. I decided in the fourth grade 
you know, when I was eight or nine years old that I was going to be an architect. Wow. Right? Commitment. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and here I am in this, in this place. I'm not at home. Uh, I don't have my family around me. And I'm having this existential crisis about whether I really should be an architect or not. We, I, we had a few more weeks in London. I had another professor who was very important to me, Steve Sachs. And I remember that Steve, uh, we walked around, we, we visited, uh, you know, uh, Oxford, we went to Cambridge and so forth. And I remember walking around with Steve and saying, you know, we're having these conversations about, and uh, he said, you know, he said, um, he says, what are you, what are you having issues with? I said, well, I have, uh, I, you know, maybe I'm not a designer, but I love architecture and I, I want to think about it and I want to write about it. And I love to write. That was something else that I, uh, that I had realized that I had a talent for or some kind of facility for. And he goes, well, why don't you just write about architecture? You know, that's what you do. And that's, that's what my, that's where my life went. I mean, it was like one of these conversations that sort of puts you on a path and off you go. Um, and that happened because I had the worst review in my existence that I had ever had as a student in London, in this strange, you know, the strange place that I was a student in. So if that didn't have, if that, if that review went really, really well, I don't know where the hell I'd be today. So sometimes well, really bad reviews are good for you. <laughs> this is, uh, this is really great. And I didn't know you, you, you went at the AA, which is another crucible of uh, talents that we had in the last uh, in the last year who 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 was around there when you were there oh god I which can't... which age it was i i remember the smithsons were there the smithsons were okay yeah 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 i think they were on this review <laughs> as a matter of fact but, uh... <laughs> uh yeah it was a real it was a real eye-opener and it, it, it like, again, it, it sort of just changed the direction of my, my life. Yeah. Uh, and I remember these things because I, this is what I live every day, you know, I, because I'm so, uh, I'm so committed to what I, how I think about architecture and how much I love it and how much I want to, you know, share it with other people. The, all of that came about from being a student abroad. That yeah, all which is from that, which is another great uh, responsibility because I think when you are abroad, when you are far from your routines, uh, you have uh, an open mind to rethink and to re reevaluate and rebalance your conviction. And uh, I think it is nice to uh, to touch this topic uh, at the end of this conversation because, as I said, this is the first episode of the of the podcast and it corresponds to the first chapter of the book. But in the last chapter, so twenty episodes for uh, from now, uh, I close the book. Uh, saying that one of uh, the potential outcome of a semester abroad is to really realize if architecture is for you or not. Okay. And I think that, uh, and I had uh, a few discussion with a couple of uh, reviewers of the book, because in their opinion, this was not a, a positive closing for the, for the book, while uh, I decided to keep it, because in my opinion, it's a positive Thing. Because one thing is to realize that uh, architecture is not for you after 
three years of architecture school when you can re-address your life. And one thing is uh, realizing it after 10 yeah. years of working <laughs> nine to five in an office doing things that you, do, that you don't like. So in my opinion, this is potentially a good outcome. And uh, if an average... Uh, uh, American students to be to have the opportunity to be in Rome, in Florence, and in Venice is a great experience. So if you get bored by architecture there, and you prefer to do I don't know to go skydiving, or uh, <laughs> or doing other things, maybe you should ask yourself: It's that is really what interests uh, you. And I think this is still valid. I don't think that uh, Europe should. Uh, teach architecture to the rest of the world but it's just the fact that you are outside your field of comfort that can make it more more valuable so yeah so thank you for your contribution to this podcast and your nice words about uh, being abroad again i renew my thank to you by to be a, a mentor of uh, of my book and of my English uh, writing and I also would like uh, uh, to thank you for something that went uh, uh, that was really appreciated I remember that the first time we spoke about the book one year ago you told me pay attention to keep your voice in the book because the book is amazing because it it is written in the same way the students look at you. So don't fix your English too much because if you clean it too much, you will lose a lot of the emphasis. And uh, thank you for, for this because, you know, I, I'm not uh, an English uh, speaking person. It's the first time that I wrote something entirely in English and I was feeling a little bit uh, uh, weak or ashamed of it. But you gave me the strength to keep it as it yeah. is. Yes, that, 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 that's why the book Sparkle is because you come through it in your, in your writing. That's, why, that's what makes it sparkling. Yes. <laughs> Thank you again, Mike. And it was great to have you here. Well, good luck. Good luck with the book, Frank. Ciao. And I hope to see you in front of, uh, of a glass of Chianti on this side of the <laughs> pond or in front of an IPA on your okay. side of the pond. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. We're ready. A big <laughs> hug. Thank you. Okay. Ciao, Franco. Thank you so much.